Welcome to the Become Fire podcast, a ministry of the Franciscan Friars of the Holy Spirit. If you'd like to learn more about this community, visit them on the web at www.becomefire.faith. That's dot F-A-I-T-H. Now, here are the Friars. Welcome to the Become Fire podcast. It's your host, Brother Paul Grotman. On this first week of Lent that we're recording, we are in the thralls of the Great Fast. But I am here with my compatriots, my the dear priests in my community. Uh, and to my left is Father Anthony. Hello! And on my right is Father Peter Teresa McConnell. It is FHS. Good. It is good to be here. <laughs> is that a, is that like one on your left and one on your right? Is that like foreshadowing for our conversation? I, 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 I don't know. I don't know what it means. I don't know what it means. I don't know what it means. <laughs> oh, but. but indeed, this day you will be with me in paradise. No, I have no authority to say that whatsoever. Oh, boy. Okay. Um, but on the, the note of paradise, make sure to like and subscribe. Amen. I don't know how that follows, but we're transitioning into it. Excellently. <laughs> Expertly done. Yes. Make sure to share this with all of your friends and family, maybe even a stranger. Uh, let them know about it. Tap them on the shoulder. Say, check out this podcast. Airdrop it to them. You may want to skip the first minute yeah. or so of each podcast. We're we're fasting for making sense this Lent. That's right. <laughs> yeah, anyways. I think the people love it, man. That's what everyone says. No, they love the banner. They love the banner. We're here the theological it. reflections are probably the more mediocre. They're amateur. They're amateur. <laughs> they're amateur. They're amateur. <laughs> yeah, can we just let you know what they're talking about? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Uh, that's uh, awesome. But no, we are... Uh, I think most people know this, but maybe one of you guys could kind of explain uh, the Lenten practice that we do as a community, uh, the, what we do to prepare for Lent or during Lent, maybe not prepare for so we're we here. So we do the Great Fast for Lent, um, and it is an ancient kind of Eastern uh, Catholic practice and Orthodox practice where basically they don't eat animal products, uh, don't eat meats, uh, any kind of milks, cheeses, butters, such things. Anything related to animals. So for them, particularly, they don't need olive oil or wine because olive oil and wine were both fermented or, or stored in uh, animal, animal skins. skins. Mm-hmm. So connected to animals. And they do that because the same reason we give up meat on Fridays is Jesus is the one true sacrifice. And in the Old Testament, animals were sacrificed. And, and so we give up meat to remember Jesus is the one true sacrifice. So there's no longer a need for animal sacrifices. He is the one true sacrifice. And so they did that for all animal products. I think associated with animals as a reminder, a daily reminder of Jesus being the one true um, a sacrifice. So uh, we oftentimes for practicality's sake, say we are vegan because it's easy yeah. to buy things. Yes. But we're not vegan. It's not because that comes with a whole different perspective. Yeah. Uh, our perspective is very much a spiritual. No, we love animals and we love eating them. <laughs> yes, yes. We, <laughs> we cannot wait for the resurrection as we get Amen. bacon again. Amen. But so we're doing it as a, the daily reminder of Jesus is the one true sacrifice. And we no longer have the need for the animal sacrifices like we did in the Old Testament. Yes. No, it's, it's a worthy practice. It's Amen. a hard fast. Uh, if you love flesh meats, but yes. it's definitely worthy to get. They're delicious. Up. Yeah, no, they're. I mean, the che- cheese as well is also delicious. Yes, yes. Well, I have to, well we're curbed here because we're on the thralls of the fast, and I'm sure That's we could right. digress into <laughs> all of the meats and cheeses that we're looking forward to eating. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, but no. So we continue our series on the seven last words of Christ, and today we'll be reflecting on what I think are the sweetest words from. Mm. I mean, our, like, you can make an argument for for him giving our mother being greater, but um, it's uh, Amen. I say to you today, you will be with me in paradise. And so maybe once again, we can kind of set the scene a little bit and then we'll go into reflecting upon that. Sure. Yeah, I'll just read it for us. Uh, this is uh, Luke's gospel again. This is uh, only found in Luke's gospel. My boy Luke. 
And this is chapter 23, verses 39 to 43. One of the criminals who were hanged railed at him, saying, Are you not the Christ? Save yourself and us. But the other rebuked him, saying, Do you not fear God, since you are under the same sentence of condemnation? And we indeed justly, for we are receiving the due reward of our deeds. But this man has done nothing wrong. And he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And he said to him, truly, I say to you, today you will be with me in paradise. Amen. Beautiful, beautiful. Um, but I am like a, a dog chasing cars right now. And I had another tangential thought. But uh, we do have some like big news. I'm sure maybe people know about it already. We do have a new novice brother. Oh, yeah. Uh, brother John Bosco. Yeah. So most certainly keep him in your prayers. Yes, thank and, you. Uh, and make sure to, to send in prayer requests. There is now a holy novice where all he will be doing for the next year is basically working and praying. And pray for his not holy novice master. Yes, and pray for his not holy <laughs> novice master, Father Peter Teresa. Amen. No, but we had the ceremony on Friday. It was a tremendous blessing. Bishop Dolan came down, um, yes. gave him his religious name. And so gave just truly habit, blessed, yeah. gave him a hat. Yeah. Gave him a habit, gave him a new name, shaved his head and his beard, looking like a brand new baby. That's right. And, uh, but no, truly blessed to have him. So I just wanted to let the, yeah. the viewers know that, um, it's a tremendous blessing, a fitting, uh, thing to enter, uh, novitiate also that the beginning is the land yes, as well. No, very fitting. Uh, you asked to be tested by the community, you even read the temptate, the being driven into the desert. Mm -hmm. So yes, very yes. fitting. Yes. So pray for him and he'll pray for you. Yes. But now we'll go dive back into the gospel. Yes, we'll we get back on we, track. We just we just took an exit ramp. We're getting back <laughs> yeah. on the highway now. It happens. You know, sometimes Google Maps leads you astray. Yeah. You're like, which yes. turn am I taking? Yeah. And you're like, you get distracted by the shiny thing on the listen, side of the highway. Listen, with me at the helm, who's no, who knows where we're going to go? <laughs> <laughs> uh, it just pops up and I say it. So, but here we are. Uh, but no, the beautiful reflection. Uh, it's also, one of the things I reflect on this too, there's other ones with John. I'm going to go into my own, I guess, mm -hmm, but. Mm -hmm. But it's very personal in this one, too, yeah. where he's speaking directly to some like a particular person, uh, which I do find to be beautiful uh, on the cross. I don't know if you and then kind of move into there. Yeah. So I guess for me, just further context is from last pot, week's podcast. If you haven't listened, I encourage you yeah. to listen. We talk about the first words of Jesus, the father forgive them. They know not what they do, which is in the context of Jesus being mocked. Mm -hmm. So he's, he's up there. He's crucified. He's gone through the torture. He's gone through the crown of thorns. He's up there on the cross. Finally. And what's his, his declaration? Father, forgive me what they do. And everybody's mocking him. Like, if you're really the Christ, come down. If you're really God, look at look at you. He claims to be the king of the Jews. And they take in his garments and they're casting lots for him. In the midst of all this, then the prisoner who's being crucified with him just joins in. You know, just kind of let's add on. If everybody else around me, then even a fellow criminal is like a guy who justly deserves to be crucified. We don't know what he did, um, but we do know for whatever he did, he's been crucified for it. And in that, this uh, the, uh, this um, prisoner on the left, it says, you know, listen, if you're really Christ, come down. Mm -hmm. Like, show your power. Show your might. If these, everybody's saying you're the Christ, everybody's saying you're God, everybody's saying all the miracles you've done, prove it. Take any, basically, it's like, it's very selfish. Take me down from the cross. Yeah. I don't want to be dying. Um, and, and, and yet, in the midst of this, we have this, this good uh, thief. Um, we believe he was a thief. Uh, That's why he's on the cross, the good thief. And he says... Don't, do you even know what you're saying? Like we mm -hmm. are justly being condemned. Like the reason we're being crucified is because we did stuff that's wrong. Um, but, but Christ is innocent. And so, you know, Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom, which, which is, he's asking for the right thing. 
Yeah. Which is so beautiful because mm-hmm. both of them are, are recognizing, I want something from Christ right now. Right. I'm coming to Christ in the midst of my crucifixion. I'm being crucified right now and I'm, I'm turning to the Lord. And so they, uh, it's, it's interesting. They're both turning to the Lord in a sense, mm-hmm. but we have this mocking criminal who's turning to the Lord in the wrong way and kind of like do something for me, right? Show your power, display your might. In the midst of my suffering, take away my suffering, God. Yeah. I think we, we all, we all understand that, right? We might be like, oh, I don't, I'm not the bad thief, you know, but sitting on the left of Paul, brother Paul, I'm <laughs> feeling like the, that guy right now. <laughs> and, and, and it's just this understanding of we've all been like that. Yeah. Like, Lord, take away my suffering right now. If you're really God, take it away. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's the good thief who understands. Like, you don't get it. You're asking for your suffering to be taken away. You no, know I'm going to do. I'm asking to go to paradise. <laughs> like, no. I'm going to ask for heaven through my suffering. That this suffering is not the end of the story, but that, that God take me into paradise. And just this understanding of suffering, this understanding of our response to suffering. And, and the bad response is, Lord, take it away. I don't want it anymore. And the good response is, Lord, Remember me when you come into your kingdom. Yeah. Like, don't forget me despite the suffering I've endured, despite the wrong I've endured, despite the sin I've endured. I have admit to my sin. I'm I'm up here justly. I've mm-hmm. sinned. I have fallen short of the glory of God. Please, mercy. Don't forget about me. Yeah. No, I find it so, like, the, 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 the first thief of the one on the left says, you know, um, save us, save yourself and us, that he's asking to be saved. Um, and that's exactly what Jesus is doing for him, that Jesus is saving him, but he, he, it's not the salvation that he's looking for. It's not the salvation that he wants. And, and he's missing, um, the, the, the real salvation, the, the deep salvation, the, the, the saving act of Jesus where, where God actually is saving this man right now and, and, and saving him, not just from. You know, he he would save him not just from from this sentence, but but from from another judgment, um, from from another condemnation um, uh, of of eternal death, of eternal punishment. Not just not just not just be going before the Pilate's court or or the and and being condemned by some worldly ruler, but but by going before, you know, the. But, but before God um, and, and, and being judged that way and, and Jesus is saving him from that and, and, and he really misses it. And it's, um, it's this terrible irony. It's this terrifying moment where, where he has been, he's been judged and been found a criminal and, and how much more than the good thief gets this, like how much more are we going to be judged uh, in the next life? And, and this, this man can save us from that. <clears throat> Do we know, uh, was the was the good was the good thief Jewish or was he a Roman? Do we have any of that? Do we know? Not as far. I mean, there's nothing in the text that would that 100%. would that would that would give us that. Um, the earliest martyrologies are going to tell us that he was a thief. Yes. Um, and it, we don't know this to be fact, but you know, tradition would say that actually on the flight from Egypt to Egypt of Mary and Joseph that. Didymus, uh, as we come uh, his name as, actually was Dismas. Dismas, thank you. Dismas actually held up and robbed or tried to rob the Holy Family. He a band of thieves um, in life of theory. But it's actually in that moment, Dismas was the head of the thieves. Actually, he's like, you know what? No, we're going to let these people go. And actually, even though they held them up, their band was there. He actually, this head thief was like, we're not robbing these people. 
and and goes away so touched by the side of Jesus, the side of Mary. And so they they pass. And then it continues the life of crime, and it leads him to eventually to the cross. Um, but in that moment, he recognizes Jesus once again, the same figure who, who and, and Mary, who interceded and yeah. prayed for this man who had mercy on them when, when they were fighting to Egypt in this terrible time of Mary and Joseph's life. That then now Mary there at the foot of the cross is once again praying for mercy and, and this man opens his heart up to it. So there's a there's a slight tradition. We don't know that to be true or not, but that's kind of a part of the tradition of who this man is. But yes, we would believe him to be a robber, probably of Jewish uh, descent. Um, and most likely also he would not have been a Roman. In fact, we know it's not a Roman because he was crucified. If he was a Roman citizen, mm-hmm. he would have been beheaded. So most likely he was not a Roman citizen. He might have been an Egyptian uh, if he was going to Egypt, but most likely he was a Jew. Okay, yeah. Uh, I love to think about uh, Dismas seeing Our Lady mm-hmm. and then recognizing her as the woman that he tried to rob. Mm-hmm. And then looking over at this bloody, scourged Jesus and thinking like, this is the babe that mm-hmm. I saw in her arms. But then the reason why I asked that question too is, I wonder how like familiar he was with like the Messiah, with the scriptures of who Jesus claimed to be. And it's interesting too, to contrast that with, you know, the father forgive them for they know not what they do, which I think you already touched on too. But like, there's some movement of grace where Dismas really sees, mm-hmm. like he really sees what like the Lord is doing. Um, but then not only does he see but then he also responds to it. And a lot of times I think that's, at least in my own life, like I'm, I'm in it, man. Like I'm in religious life. Like I know the truth. Um, like I see the Lord, but sometimes the hardest thing is to then actually respond to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so just like that, that, that movement uh, to be able to do that, to respond to whatever the Lord's calling you to do in our day-to-day lives, whether it's like, man, just be charitable doing the dishes. Uh, just Or like, man, I'm just going to take the trash out. Like that, I, I haven't taken the trash out in a month. It's always gone. I should be the guy who does it now, whatever it is. Um, but like, be able to see those things and do those things. Um, but then also, I think to your point too, but like doing that with like, like this really is like the hope of my salvation, that like these little things do add up to like a greater, like, uh, generosity to actually say yes to the Lord. So that one day I too can like hear the Lord say like, like this day you're with me in paradise. I can't imagine. So we, we don't know exactly what time this is. We know Jesus, we believe Jesus on the cross for about three hours from about mm-hmm. noon to about three. Um, it, obviously this is not the last word he's saying, so, but we don't know particularly, but it, we do know around three o'clock when Jesus dies, they kill the other two thieves mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. They're two, um, crucified. They break their legs so they'll, you know, die before sunset so they can be buried, et cetera. What this last hour or so of this man's life must've been like mm-hmm. to think he's just heard these words today. You'll be with me in paradise. And he gets to reflect on that for another hour or so, however mm-hmm. long it was in, in, in just, how beautiful that must have been, how sweet it must have yes. been, the tears that must have flowed mm-hmm. of repentance and joy in that moment. Well, I think it goes back to, to your point, too, where like the, the, the bad thief that he asked to be saved, um, but like to kind of have the alleviation of my suffering. So a lot of times we can like really resist that. And, and like we can like and it's not wrong to pray for like alleviation and stuff. But there's something about how the, the good thief asked about it that I believe like there is a particular grace where like I wonder if he felt any pain at all. Where like, man, you read some of the early martyrdom accounts, like, 
Like that's a book I want. I want the the most ferocious line to rip me apart, <laughs> so I can be ground into bread. You know, like there's all of these kind. Of, and like we read that as a 20th century, I'm like, oh my gosh, these people like sound like masochists. Like, what are we talking about? Um, but that's all to say that like there is something about the grace the Lord like, extends to us in our suffering yeah. that like you really can find joy in sorrow. You really can find joy in suffering. And and I. It's one of those things where it's a perennial question, the problem of suffering, the problem of evil. There is no like good answer. But that's kind of the only answer there is, is that like, like in a mysterious way, Christ does make it worth it. He does make it like, he makes it endurable to where it isn't just senseless violence that leads to despair. And so I, I do, I do like to think that the, the, the good thief in that last hour would have tremendous peace. We, we've talked about. Uh, I mean, we haven't. We talk about purgatory a lot as a Catholic mm-hmm, church. Mm-hmm. Those who don't know, purgatory is this time where you you need a little bit more preparation, a little bit more time to kind of be prepared and be ready. But uh, the church has often talked about how people, some people, live their purgatory here on earth. That that time that they need to prepare their hearts to atone for their sins, mm-hmm. um, because there's a difference between forgiveness and atoning for the sins. Because your sins have an ill effect and they need to be atoned for. And, and that this man's crucifixion was the atonement needed for the suffering of the sins he'd committed and the lord is basically like today be with me in paradise and in this time this time on the cross with jesus the suffering he endured is the preparation he needs that last hour the last hour of peace is what his soul needs to be ready to see the father face to face that day um and just just to add to echo your point like suffering this is the beautiful part about the catholic church Mm. there's a point to suffering there's a meaning in suffering that, that the world's going to say, avoid it, get rid of it. And it's so sad for me. I go to so many hospital you know, visits and it's just like, everybody's like, what can we do to end the suffering? We're gonna, how can we make the suffering alleviate? And I'm kind of like, that shouldn't be our primary question. Like, I'm not in favor of suffering. Like, right. that's a part of the, That's one of the questions we should be asking. But for a lot of people, that's just the primary question. What can we do to get rid of the suffering? Are they suffering? It's like, well... Yeah. There's other questions we can ask about, you know, is there a possibility this person could talk you know we could talk to them one more time you know if we didn't put them on these painkillers mm-hmm. like they, they could have their mental faculties like what what is that possibility like you know because maybe they would prefer in agony having that last goodbye with their mm-hmm. family and not have the painkillers than have all the painkillers and not be suffering mm-hmm. even though they're out and can't talk to their family anymore like we don't we don't know the answer to that question but sometimes mm-hmm. like well then whatever it takes to end the suffering and i think oftentimes like well that's not what the Catholic asks. It's not what the mm-hmm. Christian asks. The Christian asks, well, what's the Lord's will in this situation? Like, what's, what does God want? And, and, and because our suffering gives redeemed, suffering is not an evil mm-hmm. um, that has no purpose. Suffering is something that God can use for the purification of our souls and the redemption of mankind. Well, I mean, how many, how many people have we visited on their deathbed and anointed, thanks be to God, but have not been able to hear their confession or give them their last Eucharist because they're just, they're not, uh, they're just on so much, so much, so much drugs that like, they're not aware, you know what I mean? And, and, uh, and so, I mean, thanks be to God, we're able to anoint them and, and we believe in the power of that sacrament, but, um, but just to receive that viaticum, that, that food for the journey, that, that, for that, those, these moments right before you're about to die. And, and, and so it's just, um, it's just a consideration, you know? And, uh, and I think too, just like, what a, what a gift that, uh, Dismas has been given, um, to know the hour of his death, uh, that, and that he's then able to prepare for it well with the Lord and our lady right there next to him. Um, and that, yeah, that's the better way to go. and that, you know, we, we, we say this, 
you know, theologically, and we believe it that, um, you know, Christ dies with us, Christ suffers with us, Christ is there with us, and that, I mean, Christ is literally there dying with him. Um, Christ is literally there suffering with him in the exact same way. And, and, uh, and not only is he suffering with him uh, on his own cross, but also on Dismas's cross as well, that, that, um, that, that Christ is with him in that way and Our Lady is with him in that way. And, 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 and while we might look at, at Dismas's final hours and just say, like, what, um, you know, what, what a tragedy that, that he was, you know, uh, criminally executed uh, by the state. Um, but the eyes of faith tells us this, this, this man's been given an incredible gift and, and he was ready to respond to the grace in his final moments that the Lord wants to give all of us. And so I think it's just worth us reflecting on, are we going to be ready for our final moments um, where, where the other thief wants to be saved so that he can continue just to live his earthly life and Dismas wants to be saved so that he can enter into life eternal. And that um, I think sometimes we get so focused on just the quality of our life here and now that we t to completely forget about and neglect about the quality of our life and the life to come. Um, and that it is worth thinking about and remembering that you are dust and to unto dust you shall return, that you are going to die. There is going to be a moment. Um, and are we ready for it? Are we prepared for it? Are we going to be able to receive the grace that our Lord and our lady want to extend to us? Um, like they did for Dismas. Also on the problem of suffering too, that, like, it's also the question of like, does Dismas respond that way? If he's not being crucified, like, there's something about the nature of experiencing suffering that does open, like it, 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 there's, there's a way much of it can go two ways. Either it can really focus you inward. Um, where it kind of becomes this like repeating cycle of like, you're like this really inward draw, just focusing on your pain. But it can also have the potential to really open you up to like what's outside of you, which obviously happens in Dissipus case, um, that in the midst of this immense agony, he's then able to like look outside of himself and like see Christ. Um, but then also, then it also moves him to like ask to act, to be saved, like in a really substantial way. And so much so that he's, I like to think that he's, he's the first guy in heaven. <laughs> Like he's up there with the father, like, and he's like, "Where's everyone else?" <laughs> <laughs> and the father's like, "You're the first one, man." Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, what a yeah. what a singular grace. Yeah, um, literally still heaven. Yes, yeah. um, the thief was still heaven. There's another tradition, not as ancient, that um, Dismas is the rich young man, mm. um, yes. and that he approach he approaches Jesus and says, well, "What must I do to inherit eternal life?" And Jesus is like, "You know the commandments." Are he's like, "Well, what what else must I do?" And he's like, "Well, if you want to be perfect, go sell all you have, give to the poor, and come follow me." And the rich young man leaves away sad because he has many possessions. And there is a tradition that says, "Well, he ends up whatever bad business he'll lose all his wealth, but is you know addicted to wealth, so he begins stealing." to, mm. you know, to gain wealth and is caught stealing and eventually crucified for this. And now this rich young man who denied Jesus's call to be perfect, to, to follow him is now up on the cross yeah. and is saying, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Mm -hmm. Like he finally gets it. Like he's saying, okay, I thought the kingdom was here on earth. Like I thought the riches were on this earth or what mattered. And as I'm being crucified, I realized you were right. Like, Jesus, you are right. And, and I think for so many lessons we can learn from that, but for all of us, like, 
you know, sometimes in our shame, we don't like to go back and say, you know what, Jesus, you were right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like mm-hmm. it's uh okay, Lord, I was, I was wrong. You were right. We kind of, we kind of let the shame take over. It's, it's the, um, we think, you know, the devil's like, the sin's going to help you. The sin's going to help you. Then you commit the sin and then he's all like, shame, 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 yeah. shame. And he just tries to double down on it. And, and oftentimes we, we let, we give in to that temptation of sin and then we give in to the temptation of shame because we're so like, I was wrong and Jesus is right. And I don't want it. Like it's hard. It, will, will he be merciful to me? And yet here is this good thief and he's saying, Lord, you're right. Like you're right. And then it shows all of us like in, in that, in the midst of that shame, like, cause he could have been like, you know what? Um, I, he could have doubled down on yeah. his, on his, on his, in his heart in seeking after riches. But in that moment he, he humbles himself. So, you know what, Jesus, you're right. Remember me when you come into your kingdom, because that's what really matters. I want to be perfect. And here I am being crucified. I don't have anything left. And so if the deal's still on the table, you know, so I have, <laughs> yes. you know, Jesus is like the deal's still on the table. Like it's not too late. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, and even in this moment, if you sell all you have and give to the poor and come follow me. And he's like, uh, then, okay, remember me. Get, remember me. I do yes. it. I give it all away for you. And Jesus says, you'll be with me in paradise. That it's never too late with Jesus. Never too late. And, and that, and especially never, not never too late for your death, but, but never too late to go back and say, yeah. you know what? I was wrong. And don't let the shame take over after the sin, after you give into the sin, because it just becomes a cycle that leads you further and further away from Jesus. What I love about both of those traditions, whether it's Dismas, the uh, the thief who tried to rob the Holy Family and they're flooding into Egypt, or whether it's the rich young man, is that you know the 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 Christian tradition is showing that. Um, that there is no story, there is no wrong turn that you can take in your life that that God cannot redeem. Um, that he that that he can redeem everything. Uh, and like you're saying, like don't let whatever wrong turns you have taken in your life, or or perhaps just even your own mediocrity. You know what I mean? Just your own. You know, um, I've been doing this Christianity thing for 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 years, and don't feel like I've made much progress. Like. Um, the Lord can redeem that. And like, it's always new with the Lord and he can just save it. And, and, and there's still time for you to, to become a saint. No, oh, amen. Amen. That's also just the, the, the brief touch to you that, um, I guess everyone's kind of said already too, but that's just that, like, it's never too late to start again. Like it really is. And to your point too, like the Lord will move heaven and earth. I literally let himself be crucified next to you to get you to come into the pearly gates. Um, and if he- Amen to that, dude. That's a God we're serving right there. <laughs> that's a God we're loving. Um, no, it's a glory to be to but God. But don't wait. <laughs> I, you, mm-hmm. I had a friend in high school. He was all like, I'm kind of hoping for a deathbed conversion. <laughs> it's like, no, well, don't be presumptuous. Well, don't be presumptuous. So here's, don't be presumptuous. But also it's like, live heaven on earth. Like yeah. you're just going to be happier serving the Lord. Well, yep. I think we'll get to it too. But so yeah, you can, you can be, you can die a horrific death on a cross like Dismas, or you can be like St. John. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That they're, they're like, they're, you're both going to the same place, but I'd much rather be standing next to our lady, <laughs> holding her hand, looking at Jesus' crucifixion than to be up on a cross next to him. Um, just mm-hmm. to say that they're like, there's definitely, to your point, that like to enjoy the goods of heaven now. Um, and then there are two men, like, and, then, and then John gets to go out and bring as many souls as he can with him too. Mm-hmm. Like to actually like, there's a book that talks about like, like it's not just about reducing evil, but it's also just about like increasing the good in the world. Yeah. And so like, we all can be like a part of that where like you can actually increase the good around you. Um, so even though the idea of like not being so like self-centered or like self-focused, but like, man, like if you have it, you can give it away. Um, 
And so, yeah, praise be to God. I don't know if you guys have any other final thoughts or comments. That's all to say. All right. Um, but also during this Holy Lent, if you have not, maybe you started Lent and you're already failing. Uh, I already know that I have been tempted by cheeseburgers and <laughs> milkshakes. But uh, Very tempting. Very, very tempted. <laughs> But, but it's never like, just, just keep it up. Don't, don't worry about if you fell on your fast or whatever it was you were trying to do. Maybe you're going to pray the rosary every day and you missed four days already. doesn't matter. Just get back up on the horse. Also, there's a tendency to like, you don't have to like, then like white knuckle it and like, well, well, I said I was going to pray the rosary every day. So I'm going to pay five rosaries today. <laughs> like just do the rosary, just do the rosary, mm -hmm. like do the one thing. Same thing with like, well, I'm not going to eat it all for this day. Like, no, just keep whatever fast you're going to have. Uh, and if you haven't given something up, it's definitely not too late to do it. It's, a, it's a great uh, practice to do. Um, and so just encourage you in that. We're here for you. We're praying. The friars are praying for everyone during this Holy Land uh, that you get to experience the glory of the resurrection. And now, are we done with the question well, series? I have a question for the two of you. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Okay. So. Asserting uh, the host. That's right. I'm just usurping power right now. So uh, Lent is a season of like going out into the desert. You know, we, we begin Lent with, uh, you know, Jesus going out in the desert, be tempted. Um, and he was out there for 40 days. You know, it's yeah. a long time to be out in the desert. And we have the great joy and privilege of, of living in a desert yes. as well. And so I would imagine that as Jesus was out there, he was just enjoying the desert, you know, other than the parts where he's being tempted by Satan. You know what I mean? Other but, than uh, like the wild beasts and animals. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm curious, what is your favorite part of the desert? Because it seems like the Lord loves deserts. Uh, I love the trails. Ooh. I mean, it's about Arizona in particular. Mm -hmm. like, we have a mountainous desert. Mm -hmm. uh, which Jerusalem would have been the Holy Land is a very mountainous Jerusalem's up on a mountain yep I, I'm, I was kind of surprised I would think of the desert I think of the Sahara the yes. sand dunes everywhere yes. but I love like mountain trails trail mm -hmm. running it's much better than Texas like Texas was long flat like wooded trails which it, it gets pretty boring pretty quick yes. so I love the vistas I love the views I love the trails so for me my favorite part of it's the Arizona desert are the beautiful beautiful trails we have here I love it there's also uh, I think this is maybe a more metaphorical i don't know we'll see how it comes out but look, there's like a wildness mm -hmm. to the desert down here well at the same time it's like there's like a tremendous stillness that mm -hmm. like there's not a lot of motion but at the same time like there is like this sense of like with your point there's just like these mountains that are like it's flat 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 and these mountains just spring up out of nowhere even like in our backyard there's this massive mountain range mm -hmm. that's seemingly in the middle of nowhere <laughs> yeah. Um, and then, and like, and so there's just all of this kind of like chaos seemingly around you of just these spurring mountains and these cactuses, but then there also is just like this beautiful stillness. Um, there's like a peace to it as well. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, it's beautiful. You have to answer it now as well. Uh, I love swirl cactuses, cacti, swirl cacti. Uh, I, there was, there's some of, I think some of the coolest plants God ever created. For sure. And so I think it's so awesome that we get to live in a place like the only place in the world where these that cactus has, has exist. Them. So uh, that's one thing I would also say about the desert is everything does want to kill you. Yeah. <laughs> it's either poisonous or has thorns. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, but suffering's not bad. But suffering's not bad. So hug a cactus. <laughs> <laughs> Put that on a T-shirt. <laughs> no, but uh, all glory to God. Amen. Uh, and we'll be continuing our Latin journey. Once again, we're praying for you guys. And Father Peter Teresa, would you close us in prayer? Absolutely. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. amen. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the great example of, of the good thief of Dismas uh, and his example for us. 
Um, Lord, we just ask that he is in paradise, he's in heaven, and that he would pray for us uh, to give us the grace of final perseverance, uh, that in our final moments uh, we might not despair nor become despondent, but uh, but trust in your mercy. Um, we ask all this through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. In the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Become Fire podcast. The Franciscan Friars of the Holy Spirit can be found online at www.becomefire.faith. That's .f-a-i-t-h. The Franciscan Friars of the Holy Spirit are also a 501c3 charitable organization. If you feel called in any way to give financially to their mission, please go to www.becomefire.faith slash give. That's becomefire.faith slash give. May the Lord give you his peace. We'll see you next time.